0: Hello and welcome to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su. And now it's a new year and it's a new me, or at least that's how the saying goes. But, you know, the last few days of the year and sometimes even the first few days um, can also bring up an extra dose of nostalgia as we sort of plan ahead for the new year and we think back on the past, we meet up with friends and family during this time. So that brings up the question, right? Why do we tend to feel nostalgic during these times and especially as we grow older? So here to help us dive into this um, concept is clinical psychologist, Dr. Joel Lowe. How are you doing today, Joe?
1: I'm good, thank you. Happy New Year to you and your
0: own. Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Um, so we're starting the year off with a softer topic this week. So I'm going to start with the definition, right, Joel? How do you define what nostalgia is? Well,
1: I think nostalgia is just one of those things where it's almost akin to like a daydream kind of thing but we Mm. are thinking back or harking back to times gone past you know so past memories past encounters past experiences and you know it can be good or bad but in most cases it's quite emotionally charged so there's quite a strong emotional element attached to it Mm. Um, and you know we spend a few minutes there and it's oftentimes something that is uh, I won't say positive, but it's a it's a strong feeling like, that you get out of it like most cases. Like.
0: Mm. So there is a very strong link between nostalgia and our emotions or our mood.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because I think um nostalgia is one of those things that doesn't it's not an on-demand kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. something that happens to you, right? Um whether it's an encounter that triggers a past memory or whether it's a strong emotional feeling towards a certain situation that we have. Um and that's when it triggers that onset of the nostalgia and then you go traveling back in time basically like.
0: mm. Let's talk about those triggers for a bit, right? Because like you say, it's not an on-demand thing. Sometimes mm. you know you're doing something and sudden, or you're somewhere and suddenly you know you're feeling a bit nostalgic. What are the that's different right. things or or situations that could trigger this sort of feelings and why? Yes.
1: Yeah. So in most cases, it has to be something that is quite uh, significant, of course. So obviously, mm-hmm. if you're just, I don't know, putting butter on bread, for example, then it's probably less likely to trigger nostalgia, as opposed to you maybe taking a drive back to your hometown during the New Year uh, festivities, for example. Or you're having a very strong emotional reaction. I think um come uh, in a couple of months' time, a lot of school children are going to be going to school for the first time instead of one. And that can trigger a lot of uh, nostalgic memories like maybe or maybe perhaps your your older kids or even yourself, you know, when you went back to school the first time. So I think the key theme here is something significant, something that's also quite emotionally charged, like, you know, that would, we can do some past memories that you've had in the past before, like.
0: I think going back to hometown is, is a very, it's, a, it's an example that everyone can relate to, right? Because that's when you walk around and you're like, oh, I yeah. remember this place. Or I remember this person. it's, it's that's right. there's, there's a very clear tie to your past. Um, mm. is, it, is nostalgia just about remembering what's good in the past or not necessarily so?
1: No, I think, nostalgia, I mean, oftentimes it's, it's, it's associated with more warm and cuddly memories and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But there can be instances where nostalgia can also be of hard times as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if let's say you've had a really rough uh, career or maybe studying pathway, for example, you know, submitting your thesis and assignments and things like that, that can also elicit quite a bit of nostalgia, but that's not necessarily a positive or feeling or something that you want to re experience again, ever again, if you could ever. Um, yeah, engineered that way in that sense so it doesn't have to be a, a, a positive one it can be negative as well um, as long as like I said earlier on, it's a very strong collection a very strong emotional attachment to that situation hmm. can,
0: can nostalgia be shared between say a group of people a group of friends a family or is it something that's very individualised
1: That's a really good uh, question, right? I think it really depends on the kind of uh, event that was shared, right? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, if you have a bunch of high school friends, right? And you know, high school is a really good place for you to um, create a lot of these core memories, these uh, really strong, significant, emotionally charged memories because you spend five, six years with the same bunch of people, right? Mm -hmm. So I think in those instances, um, especially if that event was a particularly memorable one, let's say you guys go on an adventure or misadventure, so to speak, then I think nostalgia can be shared, right? Because someone will bring it up and then it elicits the same kind of uh, strong emotional reactions towards that situation and then we start talking about it. And I think the wonderful part about that one is that you get different perspectives about it, right? Because mm. it's not just your own story, but it's a shared story amongst other people, right? Um, I think when it's something that's personal, then it's going to be a lot more uh, feasible, but it was something that's a shared memory that it's more general. So let's say, for example, the Olympics, or um, something like that, right? Because it is a shared memory. Everyone goes through it. But because there's no strong emotional connection towards it, I think that's less likely for you to be nostalgic for real.
0: Why is it that sometimes sounds or music can also bring back nostalgia? Because that's something we hear quite often with people, right? When they reminisce back to songs from, you know, like you hear people saying songs from the 80s or 90s or things like that.
1: Hmm. I think... When we think about mem- our memories, lah, right? a lot of times we think about it as a narrative in our heads, right? Mm. So like a picture or a video or whatever you want to call it, lah, right? Um, but I think what we forget sometimes is that a lot of um, emotional connections are also associated with a lot of our senses as well. So mm. what we hear is definitely a big one. Uh, what you smell as well, uh, what you taste as mm. well, especially Malaysians, we love our food, right? Um, I I'm, I'm wonder if you had that kind of uh, instance before where you had a particular meal or dish that suddenly reminded you of your grandparents cooking and things like that. And then you go definitely, back, right? definitely. That's right. So I think that's just that weird way our brains are wired like, in that sense. We we attach a lot of these sensations to our memories as well. So mm-hmm. that's why when we hear a particular song, especially music, because it's such an emotionally charged uh, medium, right? It triggers different memories in our brain. And that's why we can re- uh, recall these kind of situations and become nostalgic for it, like, right? And, you know, again, good or bad, like, sometimes it can be of a breakup or getting together with someone, for example, things like that, like.
0: Hmm. How is no, how is being nostalgic? Because it's your 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 brain is sort of bringing up a past moment, right? How mm-hmm. is that different from, or is it the same as you know, if you're reminiscing or if you're reflecting on the past mm. as one might do at this time of the year, right?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's right. I think it's very fine details. Like, if mm. you want to be really technical about it, nostalgia is something that is um, accidental. It just happens, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like an on demand kind of thing, as opposed to you reminiscing about something. <clears throat> That's usually a bit more on demand. So you're thinking back about something that's happened. I mean essentially it's the same thing in regards to you going back in time and re-experiencing your memory that you've had, like a past experience. Right. I think the the minor differences is that in nostalgia it's more automatic, it's more instinctive la, rather than an on demand kind of thing. Mm,
0: versus reflecting you're sort of picking. You're, yeah, you're, you're sort of going back to specific moments in your past.
1: Yeah, purposefully, like when you ask the question, for example, or you're trying to bring them back a memory for answering a question, for example, or things like that.
0: Mm. I've seen some people sort of wonder, or at <laughs> least compare. Um, I've seen people compare nostalgia to being homesick as well. I mean, hmm. is that a linked emotion? Is that different? I think the
1: same thing. I think like you Mm. said earlier on, you know, about how when we go back to our hometowns, it it triggers a lot of memories, right? I think Mm -hmm. it's the same feeling as well. And I think especially like what you said during the festive holidays, right? You know, media does a wonderful thing about reminding us that uh, these kind of festive holidays are about families, about homes, about, Mm. you know, being back in your clan, your tribe in that sense. And I think because of that shared narrative, you know, it's very easy for us to become uh, homesick and then be, be, be nostalgic about it. right? Mm. Um, I think this is especially so for people who live abroad, who finds it quite hard to come back home or maybe they don't have a home anymore for whatever reason. Maybe mm. their parents are passed on or... They move on to different things, for example, and things like that, right? So those memories are gonna be a lot gonna hit you a lot harder, like basically.
0: Mm, so that's the other perspective, the more bittersweet perspective of nostalgia, right? If you're thinking yeah. back to things or to people, to situations that you don't have anymore now.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. Mm. All right, we do have to go for a quick break now, but we'll continue this discussion when we come back. On the show with me today is clinical psychologist Dr. Joel Lowe. talking to me about nostalgia in the new year. We're, we're diving into this idea of why we feel nostalgic and how it shapes our past, present and future as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su-an. On the show with me today is clinical psychologist, Dr. Joe Low, And we are talking about the idea of nostalgia, why we tend to um, look back, you know, to past memories, to past significant memories with rose-tinted glasses and how um, it can also shape how we view our past, present and future Um. Now, having gone through, you know, what nostalgia is, Joel, um, and what fuels or triggers it, does nostalgia actually serve a purpose? You know, are there positive effects of nostalgia?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I don't think it serves any particular benefit other than that sense of connection that we spoke about, right? mm. I think if you are nostalgic for someone or some people, that would mean then you've had pretty significant encounters with them, lah. You good or bad? Hopefully, good. And that would mean that if you're nostalgic for them, that means you re you re-strengthen that bond with that someone, be it a family member or an old family friend, for example, and things like that. So if from a social perspective, I think that's quite helpful because then that way you can reinforce that bond. Mm. But other than that, I think it's 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 a nice thing to have. It's one of those brain quotes that we have, like daydreaming, for example, or you know things like deja vu. There's all those brain quirks that we have that we just live through and we experience and we you know, make a bit what we love feel
0: mm. that's a that's a good point you brought up about sort of reinforcing that bond because I mm. find that sometimes that happens right when you meet up yeah, with yeah. friends or family that you haven't seen in a long while and you find that you know every every year if you meet up once a year every year you end up sharing the same stories <laughs> but right. but you know everyone's sort of enjoying that reminiscing yeah. that that thinking back of of those times
1: that's right That's absolutely right <laughs>
0: can one be too nostalgic i mean is that a thing
1: yeah yeah Um, and that's oftentimes a precursor towards uh, more serious uh, problems potentially right Mm. so for example with depression right it's one of those disorders where we spend a lot of time lingering in past events um so we we bring up bad memories for example bad encounters and that becomes our reality right it's hard for us to move on past those bad situations though right so, someone who has a very strong tendency to be nostalgic and keeps being reminded of these kind of past events, especially negative ones, well, it's called a kind of predispose someone towards depression and things like that. Now, so you can be too nostalgic, and it can be quite bad for you potentially. You know? mm.
0: But then, is there anything? Is there something that predisposes someone to become more nostalgic? Because we've been talking about how this is not mm. on demand, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good question, but to the extent of my knowledge, no, I don't think there's any particular thing that will predispose you towards it. I think it also has to do with um, so many different factors, right? So some of it is biological. I think some of us mm. remember things better than others. So that's one factor. Um, Socially as well, I think it really depends on your current social situation. Like, for example, mm. if you are away from home for the first time in America because you're studying, naturally your brain is going to be a lot more less engaged because mm. you're not doing a whole lot of things or you're getting uh, settled in there. And the chances of you being nostalgic is going to be a lot higher as opposed to you being there for five years. You've got a job, you've got a pet, you've got a partner, and you're so busy with so many things right? So I think it's it's hard for us to tell whether there's any one thing that would predispose you towards it, but it's a combination of things and also you as well. Right? Some people enjoy this, some people actively stop it, right? And the instant they start getting nostalgic say, nope, nope, that's that's a waste of time. I don't want to go there, like let's block it off and do something else in the sense, right? So it's a lot of combination of different things now.
0: That's interesting. I've never really thought of blocking it off, but I guess there are people who do that.
1: Yeah, because they recognise that, you know, even though it's a good memory, but mm. because it's gone past or I can't go back to it or maybe the people, the characters in it have gone away, you know, it's I can't rekindle that anymore and it can be quite depressing when you think about it. But some people do actively try and block it off,
0: or just ignore it. Hmm. So generally, then, how, from what you observe, how do people view nostalgia? You know, do they see it as a positive thing or a negative thing? Because I I feel like sometimes when I read about it or when mm. I see people post about it, right, it can be mm. a mix of both.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those. Uh, f- it's one of those situations where it's a you do you kinda of thing. It's you know, it's it's if you like it, you like it, go mm. for it. If you don't, you don't, you know, it's one of those things, right? Or it could be someone that, you know, does both. You know, there's some things that you want to be nostalgic about and you're happy to be nostalgic about. And some other things where you know, you don't want to go near it with a six foot pole, right? So I think it's one of those things where kind say, if it's up for you it's good for you, it's good for you. It's not that's why I'm carry on, not an issue basically. Right?
0: Mm, it's not exactly something that's straightforward, you know. It's good or bad for you. It depends yeah. on your own memories, right? That's right.
1: That's right. Face of time as well, you know. Sometimes if you're in that particular chapter of life where it serves you well to reminisce, then yeah, great. But sometimes it's not as well. Like for example your wedding day and you start reminiscing on being nostalgic by your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend, <laughs> or so. that's probably not the best thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's both ways of life as well.
0: Mm. Do you think we have a tendency to romanticise the past, especially when we talk about things like nostalgia? Because you sort of, I mean, I imagine most people would be looking at the past with rose-tinted glasses.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what they say the ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend effect, right? Like when mm. you're going to break up or just after you break up then you think, oh, it's so wonderful, why, can't, why don't we stay together again? Um, We tend to do that, I think, because Our brains have a way of trying to cherry pick uh, more positive uh, perspectives on things in most cases, not all, but most cases. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, you know, our perception is based on what we see, what we experience. And if everything is filtered that way, then it's going to be a lot more positive, a lot more happy, a lot more warm and cuddly and all that kind of stuff. Um, A good way to look at this would be like education, for example, when you're studying for a degree or in high school, right? We tend to think about all the fun stuff we do together, not the assignments, not the lectures, not the you know scoldings and you know punishments and things like that. So school, if you think about it, is a neutral place. But because of the way we see these memories and experience these memories, then it becomes a lot more warm and become we romanticize it that way. Like,
0: mm. how does time also affect our memory? You know, do because sometimes it feels like what you remember of a particular mm. time might change. You know, as you grow yeah. older how how do you see how have you seen time affect how people remember the past
1: i think time in on its own is not a big determinant on how you remember the past Me to mm. say that you know some people say oh you know um after a while you forget it right mm. but i think inherently there are certain really strong core memories that you have that you will never really forget you mm-hmm. know i'm sure that's like your first birthday for example first heartbreak and things like that you can be 70 and you remember it like it was yesterday that I kind of So I think time in on its own isn't a factor in this, but rather our life experiences, the way we see the world, that one is a bigger factor I would think of, right? Mm. So for example, as a child, you know, when you have your first breakup, for example, or your high, high school sweetheart or whatever it is, if that was the only significant relationship that you had, then of course you're going to look at it as the end of the world, right? Fast over 20, 30 years and you've had like a dozen relationships and breakups, for example, things like that. And you look back on it, it's not so much end of the world anymore. It's just a, oh, that was so sweet, that was so cute. You know, that's how we mm. were last time. And it's a lot less painful. Mm-hmm. So I think time in on this one, no, but in terms of the experiences and the perspectives that we gather along the way, I think that will change the way we look at our past memories a lot more. Mm.
0: How would, I mean... If, if, say, you know, I am stuck in the past, right? If, mm. you know, you keep reminiscing, you keep being nostalgic about the right. quote-unquote good old days, how might that mm. impact how, say, I'm living in the present or even in the future?
1: So I think it can be quite detrimental if it's like if you're really, really preoccupied by it, right? Mm. Because if you're going to be stuck in the past, that means you're, you know, in the simple the simplest terms now, right? If you keep thinking about what happened to you 5 years, 10 years, 15 years ago, for example, you're going to be very distracted, right? So that means your ability to engage with the world around you is going to diminish. That means your relationships will suffer, your work will suffer. At the the most simple level, that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. On a bigger scale, I think when we think about the past and how good it used to be, that also colors our current world, our current experiences in a very negative light as well. Because nothing's ever going to be as good as when we were from 5 or 15 or 20 and things like that. And that just makes our life right now really dreary and bad and not very nice in that mm. sense, right? And I think the more we do that, the more it's going to diminish our quality of life right now. Right? So if we do find ourselves um, being so nostalgic for so long and you can't get out of it, that's something we want to keep an eye on, definitely. Mm, mm.
0: So it's, I, I, I guess it's also just worth mentioning um, that being this, being overly nostalgic, Well, sorry, being nostalgic in itself isn't necessarily a sign of being unhappy with where you are now, right? It's how much you're stuck in it.
1: Yeah, and what you do with those memories, whether it's a fond kind of thing or whether you look at it and compare, and your current situation pales in comparison, then you feel bad about it, then it's going to be negative as well. Mm,
0: Comparison, that's that's the key word there. That's right. That's mm. right. Now, interestingly, Joe, when I was reading up about this about nostalgia, right? I also came across this concept of anemia. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but people yes. so essentially people were talking about how um, you know, you have some groups of people or generations that are nostalgic for something or a time that they mm. did not know. Is that something that you've seen happening around you a lot?
1: Oh yeah. When Backstreet Boys did uh comeback <laughs> tour and things like that, that was a massive one, right? Mm. <laughs> And it just happened, right? And I think that's one of those things that we talked about earlier on about that generation, the uh, shared general kind of memory that we've had, mm. So you know, groups of people can have that uh, collective nostalgia, so to uh, uh, so to speak, mm. and that's something that we can encounter as well.
0: Mm. So, but the, it's it's a bit strange to think about why people, but why do why do people feel that collective nostalgia? Because say I might not have experienced it the same way mm. that um say you or someone else did. So why mm. do I also feel that nostalgia?
1: So it's one of those things where we make it real. Like, for example, when we have, um, when we watch uh, YouTubers or uh, people on Instagram, for example, and things Mm. like that, you know, and we see, we follow these people, right? And because they share so much of their lives with us, it's almost like it's a companion, it's a friend. And we develop these one-way relationships with them, that kind of thing, right? And I think because we make it real, in our minds, it's a relationship that we have with these kind of people, but it's one way or otherwise, it doesn't matter, right? And because it's so strong, I think that's where it comes from.
2: Mm.
1: So going back to our past, be all these um, boy bands and music groups and things like that, right? Because of the kind of uh, medium that they deal with, like music and things like that, it does elicit a lot of very strong emotional reactions. And mm. you're right, yours and mine will be very different, and when it gets triggered, it's gonna- different as well but the key thing is that it does trigger our emotions basically Mm. so when we are collectively nostalgic for let's say a a group or band or whatever it is i think what gets triggered is the fact that we are nostalgic but what you'll find is that what we're nostalgic for is going to be very very different right so it's Mm. that it's the it's one of those things we're happy but we're happy for different things kind of thing so it's the same kind of concept here
0: Mm. Now, I think related to this, I've also definitely seen a lot in the past few years, you know, we see brands, we see pop cultures leveraging on this sort of, I guess, collective mm. nostalgia, right? Um, people, mm. younger generations liking Polaroids again, brands, you know, <laughs> releasing, re-releasing toys from the past. I mean, the, yeah, most, yeah, yeah, the yeah. most recent example I can think of was the Barbie movie. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and I guess that also, do you, do you see that also contributing to this sort of collective nostalgia?
1: Uh, contributing towards uh, I don't know I, I think it panders mm. towards it. Uh, whether it contributes mm. to it I don't maybe I mean it definitely will I mean of course when you talk about this kind of um, uh, well I'm a sci-fi geek la, right? so mm. when you've had that massive uh, Star Trek Star Wars rehashing and re yes. stuff but I'm super happy about it right mm. Um, whether it contributes towards it I don't think so mm. but I think it's someone those things where you know we enjoy that process that's the kind of nostalgia we enjoy and we, we, we dive in we both, both feed I think know.
0: What about the role of social media? Because of how mm. ubiquitous it is, it means that I feel like, you know, so much of our past, immediate and, you know, further back, is forever immortalised on our yeah. phones, right? Or, or yeah. wherever, wherever, whichever screen that you have access to. How has that influenced nostalgia?
1: Oh, big, massively, right? Um, like, for example, my social media flashed up on things that me and my kids did for last New Year's and the New Year's before that, mm. right? And that's, those are those massive triggers for that nostalgia trips, if you want to put it that way that we have, right? Um, and I think, in a way, it makes it stronger, I think, because we have an actual historical record of it. Right? Um, compared, let's say, to my my parents' time, when a lot of their nostalgia was memories, and it gets a bit fuzzy, a bit you know, obscured over time. But I think with social media... In a weird kind of way, it takes away a bit of the romance out of it as well. Because mm. it's so literal. It's like that, right? You can't run away from it. You can't, you can't forget
0: it, yeah. what happened really if exactly. it's all
1: there. Yeah, you can't filter it out. It mm. is what it is now, right? So it does it's a massive trigger, but I think it does take away a bit of the romance of it, like, because then it's like that. Like, you know, you know you suffered during your PhD because like, you know you go through all your social media <laughs> posts, you see the suffering continuously, for example. Right. Um, so it's good, but it just yeah, makes it a bit less fun, I would think.
0: Mm. Does it make it more likely that you might become stuck in the past if you're constantly being reminded of all these things that happened, say, last year, two years before that, three years before that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think like what you said just now, it's about comparison, right? Mm. If it's something that you go back in time, you enjoy it, and then, okay, let's get back to what I'm doing right now, I think that's okay. But if you stay there, I think that's when it becomes a bit trippy,
0: so what would you say is a healthy way to process nostalgia then so that, you know, we don't end up in that situation where, you know, we keep, we find ourselves comparing to, quote unquote, again, the good old days.
1: Pop mm. on my head, I'm thinking about two things you can do sequentially. The first one is that when you do have a nostalgic trip, just enjoy it, right? You know, it's something that you've had, you've encountered, you've lived through it. Um, you can enjoy it, right? And I think that's the first thing that you can do. But I think once you realize that it's making you feel a bit upset, making you feel a bit depressed and because you know of loss and because you can't encounter it anymore, then I think the next thing you want to do is to talk about it. Right? Mm. I think our brains have this really good way to become this massive echo chamber when we have one idea and then it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger right? and it amplifies whatever emotions that we have, negative or positive. And when it becomes to a point where we can't contain it anymore, speaking to someone out loud is a really good way to just de-escalate, to, to decompress, so to speak, right? Especially in this case when someone it's with someone who has a shared um, encounter with you, whether it's school friends or whatever it is. And I think doing that is a really good way to just try and, you know, make it a bit more manageable right, in a right? And once we say it out loud, it can't stay cooped up in our heads anymore. It becomes a bit relief for us as well. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Is nostalgia useful when we are looking ahead? Or is that something that really, like you say, you know, it's just, okay, it comes up, we remember, and then it passes.
1: I think it can be useful, especially when we're trying to make good decisions lah, about, um, you know, uh, especially big decisions, lah, right? Mm. Things like, you know, should I leave? Should I go? Uh, what kind of uh, decisions should I make? And things like that. I think all these nostalgic moments are nostalgic for a reason. They were big emotional triggers or landmarks in your your brain, And right? your your life, sorry. And if you don't recognize them, then I think sometimes we are at risk of repeating the same mistakes, you know, whatever mistakes those are lah, in that sense, right? So having them there as a kind of um, check and balance, if you will, or just a comparison, like you said earlier on, uh, just to make sure that we're on the right track is actually not a bad thing. Mm.
0: Mm. All right. Um, And on that note, I guess thank you so much for joining me today, Joe.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me. Always fun.
0: I've been speaking to clinical psychologist Dr. Joe Lowe about how and why we experience nostalgia using this new year to kickstart this conversation and hopefully, you know, we can use our reminiscing of the past year of the past years to shape our future as well. If you missed any part of today's show or any previous Live and Learn episodes, you can download our podcast on bfm.my or on the BFM app. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can leave us a review there as well. I'm Lim Suen, and this has been Live and Learn BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.